Hello and welcome to Deconstructing Damsels, the Christmas edition. As per usual, every year we have a guest and it's my usual guest, Finn. Woohoo! Hi. Yeah, he's sick, guys. We we love you enough that we're recording while I'm sick. We're both sick. Yeah, but we're I'm quite sick. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. All right. So, we've been sick and I'm going to give you an update and some backdrop. I moved from the U.S. to Germany this month, which is why it's been hard to get anything up lately. I don't know if anyone's ever done a move internationally, but it's a bitch and a half. And I had to deal with also over 40-hour work weeks, which is why it's just been really hard to, to record anything. But I have a few things on deck, including this story. We were going to read another story, but I... Just didn't have time, and he didn't have time to read it, so we went with this one because it's a short novella. It's called A Pineapple in a Pine Tree. Yep. Yeah. And it's got a funny story to that. It's by Eve Pendle. I got it on Amazon cheap one day. It was like on sale. I think it was like 99 cents or something, and I was like, oh, no, this is good. Mm-hmm. I can afford this because I was trying to save my money because I ain't got no more money coming in right now, guys. But I was like, okay, this is funny. This is cute. It was a pretty good story. I'm, I'm glad because we started out reading another one. It was another menage a trois, which we've done once on the Patreon. And uh, no, no, no. This the story we were going to read was like, cut that off. So I found I'd already just read this one. So I had him read it for a couple of days after I got here because I arrived on the 12th. It is now the 22nd. I've been here for 10 whole days, mm-hmm. much to his amusement and amazement, and much to the confusing reality of living in another country. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you can't buy OTC cold medicine over here. You have to order it because it's just not a thing. You can't go to the grocery store and buy it. This is mm-hmm. very confusing for the American. Especially since this is Germany, you would think that I'll shut up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own dad joke guy without having a dad part into it yet. So, what we're going to do for this episode <laughs> is, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to have as many plugs or any, or I'm not going to promote as much as I normally would. Because I want to get this done, get this out, so you guys can have a happy holiday. And you can get it, you know, probably on the 25th or 24th. We're going to drop it on either one of the days. We're not yeah. sure which day yet. But this way you have something to uh, listen to while you drive over to family, for instance. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking, because Lord knows there's nothing like traveling on the holidays. You get bored. Mm -hmm. The roads are barren. The gas stations are all closed. Nothing's going on, except, you know, your family trying to kill themselves. And quite frankly, some days you don't want to deal with that. Mm. So, oh, for the record, for those of you that have really wicked, wrong, bad holidays, um... Consider this a happy present to you because we really want you guys to have a good one. Not everybody mm-hmm. has the perfect family. They have the perfect life. They have the perfect friendships for this. But please know you're not alone. And there's always someone that cares. If you guys need to, you can contact me. I'm on Twitter, email, Facebook, Instagram at Damsel's Podcast. I'm, I'm down for it. Like I know that you guys don't always get what you want out of life and you should. Mm-hmm. So, kind of... We've all been there. Yeah, if you want to talk, go for it. Just because I've got my happy ending doesn't mean everybody gets it, and, mm. and I didn't have mine for a really long time, so I want yep. you guys to know that the holidays can suck, but, you know, we're here if you need you. Mm. Or if you need us. But we'll suck right back. No, nope. no, nine nope. yet. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. 
See, this is why I don't let him out in public, guys. And he's recording next to me, so I can't, like, mute him out. You can smack me, though. Nah. Too much effort. Hmm. Don't feel like it. Fair, yeah. Still sick. Don't want to hurt your hand. Yeah, I know. It's granite over there, man. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, now that you've enjoyed our weird-ass relationship moments for the minute, and our weird banter and messaging, I would like to introduce you to the fact that it is Christmas. I know you guys are not new to you, but it's Christmas for us. And it's the first Christmas we've had together in three years. Mm-hmm. So if we're wonky and if we're goofy and if we're crazy, sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> okay. We also recorded a Patreon episode earlier today, mm-hmm. which you can get access to at patreon.com slash damsels podcast. Surprisingly. And that one is a two for one special on holiday and like winter movies because mm-hmm. it's a whole adventure. Oh, yeah. And that one has A Royal Winter by Hallmark and A Snow Globe Christmas by... The Asylum! Yup, the same people that do Sharknado. So, if you want to listen, it'll be up too because they're dropping on the same day, same time, Mm -hmm. same place. Same frequency, same channel, same lovable hosts. There ain't nothing level insane about me. I'm marrying you. I said lovable. Oh, okay. Lord, I thought he said insane, and I was like, no. Level insane, Bob. You know you have to uh, put a measuring stick to the, in the right, but I mean. All right. So. A Pineapple in a Pine Tree. By Eve Pendle. Mm-hmm. It was like 120-something pages. I think I got it for two ninety nine or 99 cents. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I just know it was on sale. I just know it was on sale a couple, like about a month ago on Twitter. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, that looks interesting. Yep. And I've never read Eve Pendle, so I was interested in it. And mm-hmm. I like novellas for that. For that purpose, I really enjoy novellas to kind of mm-hmm. see if I like an author or not. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get a handle on their voice better. Mm-hmm. And while we're at it, I'm going to hand it to her right away. She does not waste time. She gets to where the pro- plot needs to be. And then she tells it, and then she gets right on. Yeah, it's it's not a meandering time frame of mm-hmm. where everything is. Yeah, she's she's not um, opposed to writing something that would be adapted into a short film. Yeah, exactly. So, we have Amelia, the lead, who is a woman of independent means as a spinster, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. A young spinster. Yeah, well, she's like in her 20s. I think she's like 21. Yeah, somewhere around there. Mm. So- and her opposing number is... <laughs> Her opposing number. Well, the, the male lead. Oh, it's uh, Robert. Yes. And and Robert had issues? Yeah. Robert is uh, the enterprising nobleman that these books love so much. Because it's a Regency, guys. Surprise, surprise, I found another Regency. We know that's my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say right away, he's not as much of a douchebag as, as it could be. I think the writer took some care to make them both the victim of uh, societal circumstance. Oh, see, I totally think he's a douchebag. Okay. I couldn't stand him. I mean, he's still a douchebag, but he's, he could be a douchebagger. Yeah, but the standard is so... Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what I don't like about Robert. I think Robert is someone that is very, like, he has fragile dick energy sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he's just very self-involved. Instead of communicating with her, he just assumed things and... Mm-hmm. It was a it put her in an awful spot for quite a while. Oh yeah, which is why she became a woman of independent means. So what she does is she creates needlepoint for people up to a certain point, and then the women finish it off so it looks like they did it, and that way the men think the pillows were or the items were done by them. So it makes them seem domestic and desirable, and you know basically like everything that a regency woman should be. 
Mm-hmm. Very like docile and and domesticated, which honestly I found this part pretty believable. I did too, actually. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't re- a real thing, mm-hmm. because that's very smart money making, especially mm-hmm. if you're someone that needs to have a little bit of cash on hand and they didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of of that support. It was mm-hmm. her. She was living with her great aunt. Yeah, I think it was her great aunt. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, and so and her, and a great aunt was in a lesbian relationship, which was even better. Did you pick up on that? Uh oh yeah yeah no yeah. no that's, uh, I remember yeah yeah. They actually made it kind of explicit too. Yeah, like it was it was very clearly explicit. And also what I like about Amelia, she was a spinster but she wasn't a virgin. Like she was yeah. very careful about the, the men that she brought home, but she was not opposed to yeah. sex and she wasn't against the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Which is honestly refreshing in the context of the genre because so often it's uh, played like Oh I'm waiting for the one dick that shall set me free. Exactly. And, and Amelia was very strong, very independent. And I like the fact that it opens up talking about how she hates doing like red roses and, and red colors mm. because that's all people want to make because it makes it look love, like, you know, because red is love and blah, 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 mm. blah. And I just, I like the fact that she was very independent in her thought mm-hmm. and her feelings. And then there is the man she ostensibly loves. Robert. Yeah. Who many a year ago thought that she had spurned him when she was just being a little bit shy, and then was captured into marriage by a wily woman, mm-hmm. who entrapped uh-huh. him into marrying her. It's all her fault, and now she's dead, which is very convenient. But there's a kid. Don't forget Edith the kid. Oh yeah, Edith I liked. Oh yeah, she's she's perfectly uh, well written li- little kid. What what I liked about her was she wasn't like a super genius, or she wasn't like no. overly mature for mm-hmm. her age. She was still yeah. like four or five and so she still mm. had that like young need to be near her dad because mm. her like her mom died when she was born so yeah. she's literally only had her dad yeah she and came, nannies, so i mean not that she wasn't free of the precocious tropes but she came across as a perfectly normal little kid yeah i mean like his kids can be precocious you've met my nephews true i mean they have their moments mm. so it's not that it's just she wasn't completely like an, a savant like a genius savant yeah which is one thing I actually do like in some stories. Like it reminds me a lot of Shelley Lawrenston's um, Shifter series. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of the the like musical and the artist and the that family has a bunch of savants. Mm. They're all like jackals. Yeah, mm. but it's very interesting to see to see that work out. Um, but Edith didn't have that. And it was really yeah. nice. Not every character needs to be Matilda. Right, like Matilda was specifically for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. So this was just a perfectly normal, cute little girl. Yeah. And I think that kind of worked out for them really well. Honestly, I didn't have time to make a lot of notes like I usually do, guys, because mm. I want to go ahead and get this ready mm. so we can go eat dinner because I'm really hungry. <laughs> However, the little girl also brings us to one of the central uh, conflicts of the story, in being that her mother died in childbirth. So I'm not going to say he thinks that, that he has cursed Dick, but... But he thinks he has cursed Dick. Yeah. Well, he doesn't think it's him specifically, but he thinks it's uh, it happens too often. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, but to me it's like that because he refuses to touch her and she's like desperate for her. Mm. She wants validation of the fact that he's mm. attracted to her, which I totally get in this in this storyline. Mm. Because like he spurned her and married someone like two months later. Mm-hmm. And he's got all these issues and stuff and he doesn't really, he doesn't really respond to her issues that much either. Mm. Also, uh, it was kind of interesting because while reading, I kept thinking, okay, they they kind of they already want each other. They they both know they want. Where where's where's the conflict come from next? Yeah. And they always found something. The writer always found something to 
get a little bit more conflict in there, but it was something like you're on a cruise ship and you, it goes a little bit off course, but you're pretty confident it's going to be back on course pretty quickly. Well, there, here's a line that I actually made note about that, um, about the whole like marriage and babies. and mm-hmm. So because whatever else his marriage had been, it had been an education. He wasn't going to marry again and have another wife die in childbirth, leaving him broken and with a motherless baby. And it's like, I, this is like a chapter four or something. Hmm. And I wrote, so much self-sacrifice, too much, at least a third time that it's been mentioned about his marriage and the death. Hmm. And, like, I get it, but... Uh, it's hammered on a little bit hard. Yeah, and it's like, and he seems to be obsessed with her when she was younger mm-hmm. versus who she is now. Which is also a huge problem. Yeah, because it's like when she talks, cause like they were doing that game where, you know, you put the, the bowl on fire and get the raisins out. Uh, he was like, she was drunk. A kiss was never just a kiss. She was an inexperienced lady and didn't know what she was asking for or the risks they would be taking. And aside from all the ecstasy, tomorrow there would be regret. For her having given away her innocence so rashly and from him from having taken advantage of her and for the possible consequences. Probably she wouldn't even recall this tomorrow morning. Whatever feelings she might have right now, they were not reliable. An inebriated woman lady was not a good judge of her own wants and needs. She shifted and on the small bed risked falling. He put his arms around her just to keep her in the bed, not too tight, and he spread his hands over the carve of a small of her back. In, in fairness, we, uh, the scene that, that this is about, he's helping her to bed uh, while she was drunk. But at least he's not taking advantage of her like so many other books. But at the same time, he's like making these assumptions about her without actually oh, yeah. talking to her. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm growling and, and, I'm, and I'm groaning because it's like he doesn't know her. He's only seen her for the first time after like five years at this party because mm-hmm. they've specifically been avoiding the same areas from each other because there's too much unknown or whatever in the past. Mm-hmm. And he's like acting like she can't consent. Which, yeah. I get it, when you're drunk, you can't, but the point is, is like he's not giving her the option to say that. Yeah. He's taking the decision from her, and still he puts her in a position to where they have to get married anyway, because when she wakes up, she's still in there, and someone's there to see. Yeah. Uh, so he's still trapped in the marriage, and he's trapping her into a mm. marriage where he said he doesn't want any of the things that she wants. The way the plot going, point goes, he brings her to bed, and she wants to hold him, and he was like, fine, if you're going to go to sleep, and then somebody walks in, and they're like, oh, we're engaged, it's fine. Exactly. And it's just like, and then he goes, was this a, some sort of perverse joke of history repeating? The parallels were uncanny and he couldn't help but think the events that had precipitated this five years ago. And my response was, oh, do shut up. <laughs> He's, he martyrs himself way too much. That's why I don't like Robert. He's a little Hamlet, isn't he? Yeah. And then there's another highlight. This chapter had a lot of highlights. It says, he scowled in the darkness of the bedroom. The only way forward was not to tell her about its vow. An incident like Amelia may never realize what she was missing. And my response was, Jesus swept with the patriarchal bullshit. <laughs> because he keeps doing that. He keeps, like, laying on this angel of the sphere kind of, like, which, don't get me wrong, that was actually really popular at the time. Yeah. But, like, when I read a romance, I want to be able to connect with both characters, mm. and I couldn't connect with him with that. Yeah. Because all he did was talk for her and think for her, and he didn't do anything with her. You know, come to think about it, somewhere in the back of my head the entire time when he was talking in the book, the image that formed in the back of my head was the dramatic composer from Sesame Street. Yeah! The... Yeah, the, the guy who keeps despairing over every wrong note. Yeah! He's like, oh! Oh! Yeah, it's just, me! Yeah, it's like... I just was like, dude! Unclench! Jerk yourself off and move on. Uh-huh. Because that's what he would do. Yep. 
Very very little uh, mention of masturbation in this, by the way. Yeah, I know. And she goes, and, and she wants him to come and be inside of her. Like, she wants that relationship. Mm-hmm. She wants that communication because to go into a little bit of TMI territory for a moment, like, for us, sex is part of communication. It's just, oh, yeah. It is for many people. And for mm-hmm. people that crave tactile touch and they need that reassurance that's all she's asking for some reassurance that he finds her desirable he finds her important and he loves her and and i don't mean like in love with her but like he loves her as a human being he respects her as a person and he doesn't show that throughout the story sometimes and she wishes in the next chapter he would come deep inside of her and she'd know what it was like to really be with a man to be joined with him completely as close as two people could be that's all she wants, and that's mm. he's denying it to her because he's being selfish. And he's dragging his heels on explaining why. Exactly. He doesn't explain anything for the longest time. Mm. And that drove me crazy. Yeah, because it, pretty much as soon as they explain it, it kind of resolves pretty quickly. Yeah. But, like, because in the same, like, not even 20 locations later in the book, because I don't know how long it is because I don't remember the page numbers, it says he wouldn't risk her life. Control of himself would be critical. But there was too much just at stake to lapse. And he just he keeps talking around her and mm. around her sexuality. That's what pisses me off. Mm. Because she's, she's very clear on her sexuality and what she needs and what she wants. Mm. She openly communicates this stuff. Mm. And it's kind of almost comical how, how convinced he is that uh, as soon as she's pregnant she's gonna die yeah well it's like and it's all predicated on the fact see he wanted to kiss her a mistletoe in front of everybody and that just wasn't her thing like she just mm. she she didn't like being the center of attention she wanted to stay hidden in the she wanted to be the wallflower yeah and that, that was, that was the, way, the way original so much, yeah. spurning in the yeah five years ago whatever it was and then but i love i love her comments about love did you love her comments about love uh remind me Okay, so, love me, this was the last thing, the worst. You don't love me. Love isn't a little limited thing. It isn't a corner or a concession. Someone who loves truly cannot put many fences around their heart. They can't put provision provisos on what they all do. Love is generous or it is nothing. Mm. And I think that's really accurate. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, you do make compromises, you do all that, but you love someone regardless. Like. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that you love them regardless of whatever they do, but, like, you mm. love them. Like, love mm. is not something you can just shut on and off. Yeah. And you have to learn to love somebody, and you have to trust them to know themselves. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't trust her at all. Mm. And you never stop learning for that matter. Right. Like, I mean, God, me and you. Mm. Because this is kind of amazing, but people are not static. Yeah, exactly. Like, things change, and people change, mm. and you always communicate. You always mm. say something. Because, y'all, we've had some knockout, dragout fights. Like, mm. we're good together, but, man, especially if you piss me off. Well, yeah. I'm I'm straight for the jugular. I don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. But I also come back and apologize and say I was wrong. I will always apologize for my bad behavior. Sometimes even when she wasn't actually wrong. But the point is, is like you say, I'm sorry, yeah. I was wrong. Mm. I did not mean to do that. And you don't save it to like the last minute. Yeah. You apologize throughout the time. It's like if you notice mm. little things, you say, oh, I'm sorry, that was my bad. And you have to mean it. That's a big thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure if any of these characters would mean it. I think Amelia would. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure Amelia would mean it because like she's very socially aware, mm-hmm. whereas he is not. Yeah. And, and that falls into the—I mean—that falls into the stereotypical mm. lines of the of the era that this mm. was written too. So. Yeah. And speaking of stereotypes, the biggest conflict resolution comes in a stereotypical grand gesture. Yeah, explain it. 
what we have to know about the character of Robert is that he's also a gardener, as per hobby, <laughs> and somehow he manages to, uh, is the word breed is correct for plants? Is that what you use? I guess. In any case, he has a small... Uh, Spices? I don't know. He has a p small plantation in a greenhouse for palm trees. Many no, 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 not palm trees. Pineapple trees. Pineapple trees. I don't know why I was thinking palm trees. <laughs> Pineapple trees. And many a year ago, that was his first great gift to her, a pineapple. And she, she She'd never had one. Mm -hmm. And she thought, understandably enough, that pineapples grow in pines. And he laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed. But then he apologized later on. And as his grand gesture to win her back towards the end of the book, he has a large pine tree cut down, and he has it placed in the foyer, and he has it decorated with pineapples. Yeah, and like, and it's actually a really nice one. Like, the grand gesture is nice. I actually like it. I appreciated it because it called back their history. And it's cute. And to be fair, he knew about it because she had been angry. So like he, she was showing him some of her seam work. Yeah. And when she was making those pillows and stuff like that for other people, because she carried little things. And so she gave one for his daughter's doll. So yeah. that way she'd have like, you know, a little wrap to wrap in and stuff like that. And so they were talking about all of that. And, it, but it was really interesting because um, he found the sampler that was her talking about him and like, she had, like, all these little things about, like, basically, like, how he sucks. Like, everything's about, like, mm -hmm. he was an asshole, and he didn't deserve anything, and it was awesome the way it happened. Mm -hmm. I thought it was also a very tasteful arrangement of uh, pineapple trees with little dicks in them. Yeah! It's a very, very fun idea. Would like to see artwork of that. Yeah, so would I. I think it'd mm -hmm. be great. Mm -hmm. Actually, if Eve Pindle wanted to do that, that'd be great. Like, I would love to see some kind of version of mm -hmm. that. Because I was so interested. Because, to, to explain a little bit, I used to have a friend. Long time ago online, I don't, I, she, I haven't seen, I haven't talked to her in years. I have her on LinkedIn, but we haven't talked. Um, but she used to draw me little dicks with wings, little angel dicks. Oh, hello. Yeah. But she'd draw them and she would send them to me in the mail. Oh. And so I'd have a little paper with a, with her on it. That's adorable. Yeah. And it was, and she would get like really bored and she'd play and so she'd, you know, make these things. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it was very like, it, it reminded me of that. So it had mm -hmm. a very like unexpected meaning to me and especially mm -hmm. with it being Christmas time and everything oh, yeah. it just it was a very nice callback for me mentally mm. maybe you should send her a dick drawing <laughs> just get it back in touch via the power of dick maybe she is on LinkedIn yeah. wouldn't be the first dick pic sent on LinkedIn I suppose <laughs> but yeah also uh, about the pineapples yeah I kind of like that his whole role in the book kind of makes him out to be a nurturer. Yeah. He, he's a good father, and he also, like, literally uh, creates food for people. Mm hmm So in, in the relationship, I get the feeling that he would be, like, more of what is traditionally known as the mother role. Yeah. So I kind of like that little wrinkle to it. It's, it's not a strong threat there, but I like it. Well, it's definitely true, too, like, the way he treats Edith and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is what makes his treatment of Amelia, like, pisses me off. Because mm. it's like, he knows how to be that character. He mm. knows how to be that, that, that role in somebody's life. Yeah. But instead, he's like, turns into, oh, I have, I have a note that says he's turned into Angel. I could see that, yeah. And here's, and here's exactly where I said it, too. He couldn't risk hurting Amelia, and the price he'd pay was losing her. But Amelia's safe in London without him was preferable to the risk of her not being here at all. Even if the thought of her not being with him was thousands of, of spines tearing at his body. 
And that's because like they had the huge fight. She's like, "Well, fuck you, I'm leaving." She's like, "I don't have to be here for this. Like, we can be married, but I don't, I don't have to deal with this. Like, I can go back to London. I can stay in the house. I can be like, I can stay in the London house. You can keep your ass here. We're good. We've been together for like five days. We're good." Yeah. But I, I appreciated that because like she kept harping on the ability to consent. And it's like, it's important because they talked about the drinking pie, but there's also the consent of what she wants to do and how she wants to live her life mm. and the knowledge that she needs to have that. Mm. And it was kind of like, he was trying to do the splits with his married life in that he, yes, he very much wanted to fuck her, but at the same time, he wanted not to penetrate her and he didn't tell her why. Yeah. So she was like, what, what, what is wrong with this? There's, there's a lot of mixed signals in he this just, one. Oh, by the way, I need to made a note of that. He called her genitals vibrant and lush at some point, which I guess is confusing if he then doesn't want to enter. Well, and then he, and then like, um, there's another part because I made a note about some something mm-hmm. else in text. It says, pulling down her chemise, uh, chemise to reveal her nipple, he tongued it, holding her as she leaned back in the sensation. Her breasts were perfect orbs. Huh? Perfect orbs? That that is not that is not what's supposed to happen. That is y'all. An orb is like what you have around a snow globe. Yeah, perfect orb. I, I mean, I've seen fake breasts like that, but uh, those are not the ones that I think turned out well. Those are the ones that usually go unbotched. Yeah, that's or maybe a Rob Liefeld drawing potentially. Don't forget Jim Lee. Yeah, of course. He was a, he was a creator of the Catwoman. Yeah, or Jim Ballant maybe. Yeah. But yeah, no perfect orb is not. If you experience perfect orb for more than four hours. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like and. There's another part in that chapter two where it talks about she was so slippery, so ready for him. It would take him no effort at all to take her and make her his. Hmm. Like, here's the thing. I just, I want to hear, I, I want to read about a woman that needs lube or something. Oh, yeah. Like, I I mean, I know it doesn't fit in the story, but like, hmm. I want to read that. Yeah. Because like, not every woman is like hmm. a fucking fountain. Yeah. Literally. And so it's like it would be nice if you could read that and and yeah. see that every once in a while because it's no, like no. because like she was inexperienced in having sex with him like why mm. wouldn't she be hesitating? Yeah, there, there's a level of mm. of that. Yeah. I want to see if, more romance mm, novels. And if we tr- we're talking about body diversity all the time, a little bit of representation in that regard would be nice too. Yeah, because I know a lot of women that had this problem for many different reasons, mm. and it's like you. I mean, I can speak personally, and I'm about to go TMI land. Sorry, I keep going in there. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but I, I keep bringing it back because it's like every woman I know has got different levels of wetness and of mm-hmm. fluid and how they are and what goes on. And so I think it's important to really talk about that and, mm-hmm. and add it to romance because it's especially important and I think in contemporary romances mm-hmm. because there's so many lube choices. There's so many lubricants mm-hmm. you can use. And, you know, different people have different sensitivities and different things. And mm. I just, I wish that it was so, yeah. I wish it was like so much more aware yeah. of that. Yeah. Without... And, and the genre and specifically. Not necessarily with this book. Let, let me be clear. Not necessarily with this book. It just, that was just the, it's the a tangent, set off. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah, on that topic, uh, without going too much into detail uh, on my personal life, out of all the women I've slept with in my life, more needed loop than not. Right. I mean, it just, it, it is what it is. Like, it's... Yeah. I'm not a slime machine. <laughs> My name yeah. is not Slimer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the slime pit is, is not a playset that I would like to have in the bedroom. No. Oh, imagine cleaning that. Imagine cleaning the bed up with that. Oof. Oh, yeah, it does. You'd have to have a ball pit or something for that. 
You, you need a heart of cleaners. <laughs> yeah. So overall, I think that it was a good book. Yeah. Um, I was kind of tired of the mistletoe stuff too. I noticed, oh, yeah. I noticed his notes, folks, because we're in the same spot, so I could read his notes on the other screen. Mm. And I kind of got a little bit tired of the mistletoe pushiness too, because it yeah. was like everything was on mistletoe, and I was like, we got it. That's what started it. It could have ended mm. it with that if they wanted to, but it would have been nice just to kind of... yeah. Oh, yeah, we should say that she also decorated the house. Or, no, he did. Did he decorate it? I don't remember, honestly. I remember one of them decorated the house. Maybe it was him. Hmm. Um, because they, it was part of their thing was she was like, you, you basically, like, stay dead. Like, you don't, you're hmm. inertia. You don't move anything. You don't do anything. And then she was like, oh, he was apologizing for their rooms, their situation, because it's a smaller house. Hmm. Because the, most of the money goes towards this hot house. Because that's where he grows his fruit and stuff like that, which mm -hmm. it makes legitimately it makes sense. Which and he keeps heated all year long, even in winter. Thank you for the climate change, Robert. <laughs> coal, 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 coal. Um, but the thing is, is what I appreciated was the fact that like she wasn't ashamed of the fact he wasn't like a do a lord or a duke or mm. like she. He was just like he was a regular enough guy that like he didn't mm. have a palatial estate. He was still loaded though. Oh, he, I mean, he was rich, but he wasn't like, you know, the Duke of Buckingham rich, like some of the books you read. <laughs> mm. So it was nice to see him have that, mm. that ability to have a smaller house and put mm. the money where it was more important rather than having this big, you know, reputation for having this huge house that mm. never got used. Mm. So yeah, all in all, it was, it was a quick read. It, it was not entirely unsatisfying. It had flaws, but it, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, like, I think for a novella, it was a good introduction. Because, you know, like I said, I prefer them. That's how mm -hmm. I get to know how a writer works. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really super important. So I'm going to say that it's got a solid beat to it. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it, there's a, definitely some issues I have, obviously, because that's what I talk about mostly when I write mm -hmm. about these, when I talk about these things. But I really appreciated Amelia's independence and her, and her knowledge of herself and her non-self-hatred. Like, I mean, yeah. she had some mixed feelings after when he was giving her mixed signals. Yeah. But in general, she was very knowledgeable about herself. Mm. And she wasn't ashamed of the fact she was making money. Mm. And in fact, he learned to, to accept it because it was this great, like, mm -hmm. side job. Mm -hmm. fact, and she finally got to make her blue roses that she then put mm. in the fire. Because she got mad at him. Did the blue roses go in the fire? I thought she kept that. No, I think they threw it in the fire. Remember, she threw it in the fire at the end. I, th I thought she kept it. I think she threw them in the... Well, that sucks. Excuse us. We'll continue on this moment. Ah, I see. I found the scene. It was the three blue rose petals transformed the whole picture. They were neat and right, popping in the middle. She took the fabric off the hoop and stroked it between her fingers. Turning it over, she snipped off the hanging threads and crossed the room to throw them in the smoldering fire. A yellow flame jumped up, reigniting the wood it was on. Right. For a moment, she saw the roar she'd caused if she threw the whole thing, romantic silk pattern and all. I thought she did it because I thought she just snipped out the blue roses and threw the rest of the stuff in there. Yeah. I, th I think that was uh, deliberate symbolism for the hope that she still held and for the renewed uh, confidence in her ability to have a future. Yeah, well, and also because like she didn't know she was going to need to have that future too. Yeah. That was for salvaging the situation, basically. Yeah. I wouldn't want to salvage it with them. Literature analysis. Yes, 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 yes. Occasionally we have those. Yeah. But it was just, it was a very like interesting scene, I thought. Yeah. Um, 
Because she didn't want to make blue roses for this entire thing. Mm. She just wanted something that was different, something that was out there, something mm. that had something of pop and color and circumstance yeah. instead of the red that everybody else wanted mm. so they could look like they were domesticated goddesses. Yeah. And thus, uh, while her marriage is still uh, conventional in pretty much every meaningful way, uh, the way it came about is not conventional, and that is the blue in her rose. Yes. Look at you. Look at you. You're smart. He's so smart. All right, guys. Um, I think this episode is done now. Yeah, I'm smart. Woohoo! Look, I have a Muppet for a husband. Yeah. Well, soon to be. Um. Soon to be Muppet, yeah. <laughs> Smile time in action, guys. I didn't want to tell you yet, but I have a contract. Well, I'll just send you to Wolfman Heart and away we'll go. All right, guys. Have a good holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah, because as he put on the other one, we're recording this on the 22nd of December. Happy Kwanzaa. I'm not sure when Kwanzaa happens. I honestly don't know either. There's a lot of holidays I don't know, guys, because ignorant American. But if I forgot one, let me know. Uh, Hope you enjoyed your winter solstice. That, yeah, hopefully that happens because that means the days are getting longer again. Yeah. Me and Olivia Dade are just going to be fan-fucking-tastic about that because because she's Olivia Wrights on Twitter, mm -hmm. and she's been having some issues with SAD lately, and um, I'm just like, sorry. man, you both, because the lights are out at 4 o'clock here, guys. I come from a place that's out at like 5 or 5.30, so I'm just mm -hmm. like, it's so late. It's like, no, it's only 6 o'clock. What? Yep. So I feel her, and hopefully that means that our days will get better, and it'll help bring happiness into the new year, mm -hmm. because that's the coming up. Woohoo! Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. Kiss on the new year. Yep. And I'm hoping that if you guys have any questions or you have any comments, you will catch back at me on the social media. Again, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. Instagram are all Damsels Podcast. And you can find me at the email at damselspodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And don't forget to Patreon. And I mentioned that again because I'm trying to put more content in there. Mm -hmm. I know it's a little bit scarce, guys. I plan to have at least like three more episodes up, but then moving just kind of yeah. whacked everything out of heck after mm -hmm. having some pretty minor depression mm -hmm. and stuff again earlier this year. Regardless, Damsels Podcast on Patreon as well. Yeah. Thanks for the great supporters, by the way. Yes. So thank you, D, and thank you, what's her name? Because you guys actually do help a lot. That, that gives me the money to actually be able to buy books because I don't have a job right now. She didn't forget what's her name is the name. Yeah. What's her name is the podcast. It's a really fun podcast, guys. You should, mm -hmm. you should listen to it. If you have any questions, again, you know how to find me. Otherwise, I want you guys to listen to a couple of different podcasts. I'm going to give you a different kind of plug set because it's the end of the year. You guys should definitely listen to Heaving Bosoms. Because they're badass. <laughs> you should definitely listen to Boobies and Newbies. Because they're another romance. Shelf Love. Learning the Tropes. Because you can't go wrong there. And that was actually got a guy as the virgin. So it's pretty interesting. Um, and then there's also like NWRI Woman for India Dysphoria. And I'm mentioning that because sometimes I read things a little bit too white centric. And I'm aware of that. And I want to make sure other voices get heard as well. I'm, I'm working on that, guys. Um, 
But in general, I just want you guys to have a good day and a good yeah. life and a good year. And I want you to enjoy the holidays. And may the holidays bring you the joy that you want. But may the holidays also bring you the joy that you deserve. Because right. everyone deserves a really good holiday. Because it's a really hard time for a lot of people. And just know you're not alone. If you don't have a found family or you don't have a family and you feel a little bit left out, know that like no matter what, I care. That never changes. That's why I, I keep asking for feedback. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's still around, oddly enough. Because he's my, he's my master project. <laughs> he's my master thesis. Good that you're such an academic and craftsperson at the same time. It's, exactly. All right. So where can we find you? Uh, on Twitter as Treacher underscore SH. You can find my Photoshop work in Diamanda Hagen's videos. You can probably find her on YouTube. And Spell Diamanda. D-I-A-M-A-N-D-A. Last name H-A-G-A-N. Don't mind. I don't know why Dot Matrix over here appeared. but um, And where else can they find you? Also uh, on Twitch in the channel Jonas Place. I join a D&D session every Sunday. And, and right um, now he's Spornak. Yeah, uh, I, I play Spornak, an elderly turtle druid. Named after, you guessed it right. So Indeed. definitely recommend that. Oh, and what would you recommend people listen to? Uh, like podcasts in general? Uh-huh. Sawbones is good. I can recommend Creature Feature. Some more news, definitely. Um, uh, and many others that I can't think of. Thank you okay. very much. Would you also recommend Pushing Up Roses? Yes, on YouTube. Yeah. She doesn't have podcasts. I know. But definitely recommend Pushing Up Roses because I mentioned that because she's got episodes about... Murder, She Wrote! And... The Golden Girls! Hence Zvornak, guys. So... (laughs) My secrets. I know. You would have never guessed your secrets right there. Hmm. Not with the name Zvornak because that's such a common name. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. <laughs> Enjoy this. Bye. See y'all. Stay warm. <laughs> okay, guys. So I had not planned on adding this little bit to tag at the end of the episode because it was such a happy episode. But something kind of blew up in Romance Landia, and I have to talk about it right quick. So the Romance Writers of America, RWA, has censored and taken out Courtney Milan's impact by being expressively racist. And I, I can't be okay with that. I can't say that's, a, that's good because the idea is to be more inclusive and less exclusive. Like, I, I don't need to go to a party that's full of, you know, nice white ladies. Sorry, I just, nope, I'm from the South, been there, done that, fuck it. So here's the here's the way the story is going to go for this podcast a little bit. I am going to promote the hell out of authors. I'm going to promote the hell out of the good work they're doing. I'm going to bring up any organizations that are maybe coming up to replace RWA and be more inclusive. Because as someone pointed out online on Twitter, also there's no one that really represents the worldwide views. Everyone has to kind of join RWA. But if you're in like, I don't know. 
Greece, how are you going to be represented by America, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm really glad to see there's going to be some movement in it. I'm going to talk about it some more as stuff comes about. I'm in a chat that's being run by a couple people from the Heaving Bosoms podcast, and they've got a lot going, and they've kind of started to build an idea of a network, and I kind of want to focus on that too. But if anyone has any, like any at all, like concepts or need some help, please let me know because right now I don't have a job and I'm kind of getting adjusted to living in to Germany now. So I have the time. So if someone's building something, please let me know. I'm all about it. I just have a few standards that I think everybody should have. And I think RWA should have had from jump. And that is be inclusive. And I don't mean that like, you know, put little check marks I mean include people there are neurotypical writers there are disabled writers there are you know um LGBTQ plus writers there are like there are, are different body types there are people that have been through different experiences there have been people who have different skin color who have different backgrounds who have different ethnic groups that maybe aren't always represented holiday seasons same thing like I want it to be inclusive and so if you're down with that please let me know I've got I've reviewed Mrs. Martin's Incomparable Adventure on our journey on um, my Patreon episodes so that should be available and I'm mentioning that because I think it's one of Courtney Milan's best pieces and I also think it's kind of what I'm looking for now as a as a reader I'm looking for someone that's got more heart and more vulnerability and does more than a Hallmark movie because god bless I love Hallmark not a question but I don't like their ideology a lot sometimes they're very limited ideology so I want to be more well-rounded in this podcast and I want to be more able to help the community that means so much to me because honestly you guys romance has been a huge part of my childhood and my adult life and I grew up reading it I grew up enjoying it and what the RWA did was just not only was it disrespectful to Courtney Milan but it was also disrespectful to every person that's made a statement every person that's brought something up everyone that's taken the hits and nothing has been done about it and there's just been a lot of lip service I'm not down with that. I, that's bullshit. And I just want to make sure that any new organization kind of goes anti-RWA. So if you guys know of anyone, if you would like some help, I'm a badass bitch at research. So just hit me up if you need that. I I know this is an odd little ending tag at the, at the end of a really happy holiday episode. But I think it was really important to say explicitly that what RWA didn't adhere to their own words and their own ideas and instead went for something else and they attacked instead of listened tells me a lot about why I never joined it because I honestly was about to join it. I, I was going to give them money about two months ago and I was like, mm, maybe I need to hold off and wait. And I'm really glad I listened to my instincts on that one because I can't trust someone to help me hone in on things and be part of an industry when they're gatekeeping to the point of this absurdity and it's been happening for years and they said they were going to change it and 
they're not. So I'm just looking for something else to believe in. And if you guys know of something, hit me up at Twitter, Damsel's Podcast. You can also do the same thing at Facebook and Instagram. Gmail is also, you know, damselspodcast at gmail.com. But honestly, Twitter's your best bet because I'm usually on my phone at all times. And apparently I'm on Discord, but I'm not quite sure how that works yet. So we'll just hold off on that one. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.